This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Melro 210. Remain indoors. This is our quarantine pod. As always, I am joined with my good friends. My name is Steven Sadek, by the way. Uh, I'm joined with my good friends, Andrew Jupin, Yo. Chris Cabin, mm -hmm. and Eric Siska. Good friend. And, and uh, we're... <laughs> good acquaintance, maybe. Just, just an acquaintance from work. Yeah, and, exactly. We're on this, we... this, this, this call right now. This is for work, you know? It's true. It's a work call. This is a work call. We're work buddies. Uh, we know each other. This is kind of a water cooler conversation. And we are also joined by the the ghost of Brandon Walsh's virtue. Because this fucking guy, man. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I gotta say. Wait, wait. Your issue is that he he he's thinking with his heart in this episode? No, that, the way he does it is is the thing. It's, it's a very Brandon-y way of doing it. This is our Beverly Hills 90210 version of Melrose 210. This is the second episode of the pilot, the finale of the pilot. Dylan is coming next week, ladies and gentlemen. I God, promise you that. He fucking can't roll in on his motorcycle fast <laughs> enough. Believe it when I see it, Steve. <laughs> uh, and a little later down the line, we got Kelly's drunk mom showing up. We got a fake Kelly's mom in this episode who I'm not thrilled about. Oh, it's, it's okay. a different woman? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because Kelly's mom's a wreck, and this woman's not a wreck. I want to quickly mention a little correction department. When we had the whole debate about this guy like eating and deep throating cars, because uh -huh. his license plate what was his name Steve. Steve. Steve yes. Uh, what was his last name? Sanders. Sanders. Steve Keep Sanders. Separate. Character on the show. He drives a Corvette. Bernie's nephew. <laughs> uh, Steve. You can't be driving. You can't be eating Corvettes. <laughs> My nephew, Stephen, is the exact perfect example of everything that's wrong in the United States of America right now. Look, Uncle Bernie, look, you know what? My health, my health care, it's fine. You know what? It's fucking great. <laughs> You're a fucking disgrace, Steve. You're a fucking disgrace. You hear me? But real 90210 fans contacted us and said, because oh. he drives a Corvette, that's why his vanity license plate was, oh, I ate a Ferrari. He actually didn't ingest uh, auto parts like we had... <laughs> hypothesized now but just a correction to your correction dude this was not a fan of 90210 correcting you this was a car person correcting you <laughs> i guess that's now, they, may, they may also be cars have a fan cars have a lot of fans they may also have been a fan of the program but this specific correction was coming from the car fan complaint department. uh actually mater he's he's driving mater in this show <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> So we pick up really awkwardly la where we left left off because this is this is a, a ninety minute episode split into two. Um, it's just Brandon and what's this lady's name? Marianne something. Marianne Moore. Uh -huh. Marianne Moore. Uh, they're on their hot date that Andrea foolishly set them up on. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, don't. I mean, you don't see the date. You just see. Well, you see the the end part of the date. I wanted to see this dinner. Yeah. Instead, the way it starts though is they are driving down the road on this motorcycle at night. And you got these headlights on the pavement, like a fucking David Lynch movie. It is so good. <laughs> it's, it's very. Yeah. There's like there's like an, there's two scenes between them that are very eerie. This scene and when like she's about to confront him in the oh, hallway. Oh, the hallway. Oh, what the fuck was that? It was fucking nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street. I know. Where's the fucking girl in the body bag <laughs> you fucked up brandon hey brandon where's your hall pass <laughs> oh dude freddie would fucking eviscerate these kids and he'd be well within his rights dude he, it, it should have been like fucking freddie krueger's spring break he goes to beverly hills and fucking paints the town blood red he could knock these kids out in a day honestly mm. 
one 24-hour period, Freddy's got them all done. <laughs> yeah, Brandon would try to sacrifice himself to that genuine fuck. 90210, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> they would just 90210, have... oh, no. <laughs> they would just have the shittiest ideas. Like, hey, maybe if we sleep in the car, nothing will happen. <laughs> I do like how this motorcycle is hugging these curves and Brandon's hugging her curves. Am I right, mm. fellas? Dude, he's doing, Jason Priestley's doing a little too long of a look back at this girl while driving a motorcycle. Right now. <laughs> now, I watched this on CBS All Access. I think you guys watched it on Hulu. There, and On my version, anyway, this, the music of going down this highway was amazing. Really? Yeah, it was just like hauntingly like it was like a haunting <laughs> distant woman's voice with this music and it was just like closer, let love take your hand. I'll tell you it's not nearly as haunting as the fucking shitty theme song they had on the fucking Hulu stream. Let's get into it. Yeah, the Hulu theme song. I think probably Eric, you have this as well. No, or no, no. Mine, so I, for CBS All Access, if you're watching along with CBS All Access, maybe piggybacking off Picard, it was just the 90-minute episode married together. So I just resumed where it uh, left off. Uh, so I didn't get I any see. theme song. And by the way, even if I had, I wouldn't be able to tell the fucking difference. <laughs> no, it just, it's got, I don't even know. It's like this, like, it's a lot of Casio. It's a lot of saxophone going on. It sounds like the intro song to a flying nes game you know what i mean oh, that's cool <laughs> yeah i was into it uh, but i feel not... like I, yeah i should be like selecting a plane selecting a pilot welcome to chuck yeager's air combat first <laughs> select your plane you have selected about this you have selected your plane now select how drunk the pilot is Kevin, you're really good at that, dude. You like the fucking Michael Winslow shitty Nintendo <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I can do it. Sometimes. Final thing about this motorcycle. Did everybody appreciate the disgusting ass uh, mustard yellow and ketchup red this thing is? Yeah, dude. Yikes town, man. It's one of those like Honda bikes, those big fat dudes. Yeah. You know, like not like a, a whatever. So speaking of big fat dudes, nowhere to be found. We go to a sexy uh, Marianne Moore's sexy jacuzzi, which oh, her and yeah. Brandon, they've got some champagne, mm -hmm. and they're having a good time. She notices a chest hair on him and plucks it, and he's like, oh, thanks. I've only got to. And I'm like, fuck you, Walsh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Be like the rest of us and have looked like a werewolf since the eighth grade. <laughs> it, by the way, is this a hot tub on a different plot of land? It seems what? like it's in its own black abyss away from the house. <laughs> it is pretty poorly lit so that like all you see is the hot tub and everything else in the frame is just blackness. For a second, I thought this was Chris Cab and City Zoning. It's, it's, his, his also, it's like a side passion of his. Yeah. <laughs> well, though, they went into the Black Lodge, then got on the motorcycle. So this is in the other place. Gotcha. Oh, that makes total sense. That's why Bob... Yeah, Marianne, what year is this? <laughs> That's why Bob came out of the water. <laughs> we do have a bob in this episode by the way do we yeah he's unseen but it's kelly's mom's boyfriend oh right 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 uh so um marianne is kind of putting the moves on brandon and brandon is like whoa this is going too fast didn't your mom ever teach you how to play hard to get oh and i'm my like God. dude you need to get out of my house <laughs> right <laughs> now all I could think about was the Seinfeld line where he's like, are those the panties your mother laid out for you? It is a weird thing because what, what he's expecting her mother to be like, okay, girls, uh, we're going to play hard to get. It's going to make them really friggin' hard if you do this. Look, I want you to suppress your sexual appetite, okay? Just constantly do it. But her response is incredible because she's like, hey, Brandon, uh, my mom was a groupie for my dad's rock and roll band. And she goes, they did things in the 60s and 70s that would fucking turn your hair white, Brandon Walsh. And I know because she told me about all of them. <laughs> for some reason. For some reason. Well, she's been training. <laughs> it's like a Jedi temple. It's your classic. It's a trope of this show. Minneapolis values trump this fucking uh beverly hills hedonism you know right. what i mean like it's disgusting is what they say now steve do the characters eventually i mean they have to well, i know that um 
Brenda eventually leaves the show kind of mm. early on. Uh, what does she get? Like you get like four seasons with her or something? Yeah, it's like four, that? and then she's out, I believe. Um, but like, is there ever a thing where it's like, well, they've both succumbed to Beverly Hills hedonism? It just sort of get this like Minneapolis stuff. It's just less and less. It's a lot in the beginning, and just drips and drabs, and eventually uh -huh. they're just Beverly Hills scumbags like everybody else. <laughs> Gotcha. Fair enough. Uh, so that is, and he like kind of basically like very gently turns her down, and she's like, "Wow, you're such a great guy. I can't believe usually guys would be all over me in this point." And then, like again, I'm I'm not saying like you got to go for it, but at the same time, like you could even just be like, "Hey, this is moving a little too fast." The line about didn't your mother teach you any fucking values? Totally. Because he makes it all about her. It has yes. nothing to do about what he wants. It's like you shouldn't want this. Ah, good point, Chris Cabin. Well, he even he even says it even shittier. At first, he's like, "Oh, wait, aren't, aren't our roles reversed a little bit here?" He's like, "Wait, I should be the one trying to pounce upon you." And then, in the spirit of courting, and he rolls out this fucking scroll. So it's like, <laughs> you know, he said this, and I thought he was about to go nuclear when he got the uh, roses. I really oh, thought he was going to lose it. Because that's like the next movement here. Is Roses, that fucking bitch. <laughs> Rolls reversed again. Because, yeah, in Spanish class the next day, first of all, and I mean, it's just because it's the pilot or whatever, you know, keep, apparently Brandon and Brenda each have one class. That's the only class they're allowed to go to. Yep. Brenda's allowed to take chemistry and Brandon has to take Spanish. And that is it. <laughs> I love it. Dude, if uh, that's what high school actually could have been, fuck, man. I would have been summa cum laude. <laughs> So uh, Brandon is in Spanish class, and this delivery guy. How did this delivery guy get like right up to the front door? I mean, it was uh, Beverly pre, Hills pre nine eleven. Okay, <laughs> I don't want this dude just roaming a fucking high school hallway, jerking off into lockers. <laughs> well, it's just also pre Columbine. Yeah, yeah right, also right. really good point. That's the high say. school nine eleven, by the way. Columbine. Oh, uh, you got yourself a flower delivery to our high school, huh? All right, you can go in and wander the halls until you find this kid in class, but no jerking off on the lockers. <laughs> I was ready for him to pull a shotgun out of the thing of roses like Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a flower delivery for Brandon Walsh. Hi. <laughs> Blamo. Uh, and Steve is like, whoa. And like, Fucking poor Andrea again has to like watch it. And then he, later on, he's like, Hey, Andrea, by the way, great recommendation for that restaurant. And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> oh, this poor girl. Uh, and she basically, you know, she's like, Oh, he, and he, he does the thing where she's like, Oh, I thought you wouldn't be into her because she's so like rich and stupid and you're like a nice guy with all these values and you're really smart. And he's like, She's more complicated in that. And like he goes on this whole speech about how she's conflicted. And Andrea, like the rest of us, are rolling our eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why? Look, she seems like a totally normal, but like Marianne doesn't seem like a, a, like a ditz or anything like no, that. No, totally but that's not. the thing, Chris Cabin, but even Andrea herself carries high school biases with fair, her. Fair, fair mm, enough. Yes. Can I? Some of those. Some of those are unconscious biases, by the way. And welcome to the HR seminar of We Hate Movies. <laughs> yes, your job has contacted us. This has been a sting operation. Right. <laughs> we know what you did at work. Yeah. You, and working at home, by the way, under containment, you, you doesn't mean you can jerk off at work, buddy. You're, you're, you're working at home. Your home is now your workplace, and your company now has oversight. I want a six feet rule between your hand and your penis at all times, everybody. You don't want to give How's that work. You don't want to, you don't want to give your penis COVID nineteen. No, it's really important. Um, my so another thing that's happening now is Brenda goes on a, a date with Rex Manning and right. comes back and calls uh, calls Kelly at make a point at six a.m. in the morning. And Kelly's mom blasts into the room is like, why are you getting calls in the middle of the night? Great, <laughs> great observation. I was like, what the fuck does does this lady know what time it is? Yes. Why you, Kelly, what are you doing in the middle of the night? It's 7 a.m. <laughs> I'm making breakfast. So and this is this is the part, though, where she's like, oh, yeah, mom, you can't sleep. Well, fucking Bob isn't having a problem sleeping. That piece of shit. You're saying she becomes a wreck? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No, well, it's a it's a telling line right here because this is she's the kind of shitty parent that goes, uh, you know, like 
hey, I thought we agreed. You were going to do your thing. Yes. I'm going to do my thing. And maybe we'll see each other at dinner. That is sort of picked up throughout the rest of the series in a way. But like, it's a different actress. It's a different vibe later on. Yeah. Uh, a but, little more uh, toxic, you're saying? A little more toxic. Yeah, and this uh-huh. dude, I mean, he is moving in for the kill on this fucking high school girl, man. Like, I don't know what his problem is. Well, he's in love and he doesn't know that she's fucking 16. <sighs> I guess so, dude. I guess That's exactly so. what it is. No, uh, I know, no, I know, but I just don't trust this guy I, as far as I could throw him. I mean, how long has he really known or is he really in love? He's just in lust, right? This is like all those songs from the 60s and 50s about fucking kids that were popular. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, it's just like you go to the fucking carnival and you're like, Ooh, what is this? And you write a song about it. Hey, little lady, let's do some stuff right. kind of a song. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm not a fan of Imagine either. <laughs> there, uh, she also goes on another date with him uh, and his friends that they bring up. It's a real, he's bringing a fucking high school girl to dinner like it's fucking Manhattan. It's fucking dude. nuts, dude. <laughs> it would have been nice if, her, if his friends were like, uh... Yes, exactly. What? Did you <laughs> did you talk to that? I think she's like 15 years old. Like, look at her hands. And she's a child. When they cut to her and she's just housing this spaghetti, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, dude, she's a kid. <laughs> I haven't had anything to eat since earlier today when I had chicken tenders in the cafeteria. <laughs> uh, salad at my desk. Oh, yes, got I'll in have my dorm room. I'll have the Pinot Noir, and uh, my date here will have the Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> Thank you. Puts a napkin on, like, bib style. Oh, God, <laughs> It's yeah. all over her face. <laughs> and, like, they're like, oh, you're majoring in whatever, like, uh, quantum physics or some nonsense. <laughs> like, could you explain what a black hole is to us? And this guy is, like, looking at her like, so what is a black hole, really? I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? This dude at the fucking table is great. She says, I think, that she's majoring in astronomy. Got it, got it, got it. And it's so hilarious because this guy's reaction is basically like, oh, fucking finally, I've met someone who can explain to me what a black hole is. And then, it, like, she needs to be found out right here. Like, it shouldn't take so many more scenes for this to happen because she's just like, well, I mean, I guess, you know, to explain it without having a, an understanding of fourth dimensional quantum mechanics, it's a hole. That's black. <laughs> and right there... This dude has to be like, okay, you're a kid, right? Yeah. (laughs) What would be great about that is having this dude be embarrassed more so as well. Like, have it be this explosive thing where both of them have to live with the shame. Because he doesn't. Yeah, totally. She, like, confides with him afterwards, right? Not at at the double date. No, later on, he and he gets mad at her. Well, we'll get there, but like he gets really He plays this thing all wrong is all I'll say. He's Rex fucking Manning. What do you want? (laughs) Meanwhile, Steve is still looking for the, the... My favorite line of this whole episode is Kelly goes up to Steve and she's like, Hey, Steve, I saw your car. Looks pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, she is... Uh, uh, Steve is looking for the nerdlinger or dweebmeister or whatever the word we're using I that crashed it, his car. I think it was a uh, a combo of both of those, Steve. I think his portmanteau was nerdmeister. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> what a, something like What that. I, I love know. about this is he's offering f- a $50 reward for the information or a date. He's, <laughs> oh, he's prostituting uh, himself to find who destroyed his car. Steve, Steve, it's Uncle Bernie. The car being crashed is a good thing. Get rid of it. You can't be throwing around $50 bills to solve your problem, Steve. Also, though, I don't know, Steve Sanders, you're pretty fucking rich, man. And I get it's like, you know, 1990 or whatever, but uh, I'm not coughing up a little more than 50 bucks. Yeah, this is a rich school. I'm not waking I'm not wake- Get out of bed for 50 bucks. <laughs> totally. Well, he said a date. <laughs> I do want I do want to jump back really quickly because for the show I realized I am just going to be on mullet watch. Oh for sure. The whole time and there is a spectacular one uh when Brenda so her whole thing you know when we first pick up with Brenda at the very beginning of the episode he has taken her back to his place and there's a whole oh, right. awkward She's like, you know, uh, oh, you live here by yourself and blah, blah, blah. Again, another clue, buddy. If anyone's impressed that you live alone, they clearly live with their parents and might be a kid. Uh, but so that whole thing goes down. They're going to get it on. And then she's like, no, he's he is very much like, OK, that's totally fine. I'll drive you home. 
she directs him to uh like some ucla uh 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 sorority yes. house and dude so she's got to take a cab back to the walsh residence and the cab driver my friends is sporting <laughs> one of the most gloriously disgusting mullets i have ever seen it was outstanding it's a treasure the mullets i mean and brandon's mullet continues unabated it's wonderful it, it is a one-two punch of you go from the cab driver to like the front door, like the doorstep of their house, and Brandon's like right there when she gets to the door. So it's like mullet for mullet, and, man. And he gets it wet, so it's waterfall. It's an actual waterfall. <laughs> it's exactly right, Chris Kevin. You got yourself a genuine Kentucky waterfall. <laughs> now speaking of wet, back at his place, there was like a fish tank oh, or something behind yes. them, and it was just amazing. Yeah. It was just like percolating nonstop. It was a wall. It was. Like a- from floor to ceiling this like thin layer of plastic that has like water shooting through it and i'm like i'm in quarantine and i need things to distract me maybe i'll buy one of those yes. it looked amazing dude it was like one of those troy mcclure fish we fucker need things a water wall no well oh you don't that guys that's the original soda stream uh, <laughs> that's and how that works. after all, you're my water wall. <laughs> this dude, Jason, takes out a stepladder, walks up, and then dips his hand into it and starts slurping it. He's like, you want some seltzer? <laughs> i got to pump it a few times. Hold on. Uh, uh. Save so much money. <laughs> <laughs> He's just dunking like a glass into it to drink yeah. from. I'll turn it oh all. I'll, I'll turn it all into coke for you, baby. <laughs> want some Seven Up next? Oh, oh, all right, yeah. Oh, oh, babe, you want a coke? Absolutely. Come back next week. It'll be all ready for you. <laughs> I meant cocaine, not a wall of Coca Cola. <laughs> It's, again, it saves me so much money. This is so What am I going to do with all this homemade soda? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's his job. What, what was he, a lawyer? He's a yeah. lawyer, supposedly. Maybe he's a fucking soda salesman. Yeah. We also find out in this episode he's 25. My ass. I mean, I guess because of the ages of the kids are older. Like Everyone's like 18 or 19 when they're filming this, except for uh, Gabriel Carteris, who plays Andre, who's 59. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> no, she's not. She's. I mean, she's. A, she, I think she's. Tw- I, did, I did the math today. She was like twenty nine when they filmed this, but that's still fucking nuts. But like, all the kids are like eighteen, nineteen, and you have to have. So and they're playing fifteen. So like, a twenty five year old, you have to do like a thirty year old, I guess, well, or thirty five. It's also like a portrayal. Like in nineteen ninety, you could be an adult at twenty five. You can't now because yes. of the wage slavery system that we have imp- implemented. That's a good that's, point. Yeah, that's very true. I have. But the funny thing is, since we started this endeavor, I've been thinking of the whole like, uh, you know, older actors having to play younger. And last night, I think I came across one of the most egregious ones yet. We finally got around to watching um, the first Jumanji movie, not okay. the not the Robin Williams one, like the new one with Dwayne Johnson oh, okay. and Kevin Hart and everybody. Uh, by the way, totally solid entertainment. Uh, but there's a guy who plays the character that when they go into the game, he becomes Kevin Hart. This actor, Sir Darius Blaine, this guy is playing a fucking young high school kid. And I shit you not, when they made this movie, he was literally 30 years old. <laughs> That's crazy. It's outrageous, man. And he fucking looks way old. Like, it's crazy it's town. fucking bullshit. 30. <laughs> 30 years old. So anyway, Brandon is uh, he's in gym class. He's running and he gets confronted by these two dudes, uh, one of which is the guy from PCU. Yes. Alex Desaire, dude from fucking Becker and the singer of one of the greatest bands ever, Hepcap. And he also is in uh, what do you call it there? Uh, Swingers as well. Um, oh, that's right. I forget he's in that movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he's like, hey, man, I heard you went out with Marianne Moore and you spent the night. Is that true? And Brandon's like. Well, I never kiss it. What does he say exactly? Because he he he, he kind of opens li- the door but doesn't close it. I did it. something that most guys couldn't handle. That's how I got her. Yeah, that is such bullshit, yep. dude. Especially if you're gonna be doing this Prince Valiant horse shit in the bedroom, you better be like, no, dude, I'm fucking uh, practically. But born like right. he he leaves it open like <laughs> that he possibly they possibly had sex. That's kind of how the rumors start, I guess. All right, yes. all right. You want me to spell it out for you? I let her peg me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Not Chris many Cabin. guys would do it on the second date. 
Chris Cabin, actually in my notes, I have the same exact thought written down. I have pegged underlined in my notes. <laughs> underlined. I did something most guys couldn't handle. Pegged underlined. <laughs> most guys can't handle it, man. And that's their loss. So um she the next day, word is all over school, especially by this soon to be gone, I think disc jockey character what, who's like what so a this. fucking ass but again like guy. you can't be giving reports on who fucking got to third base right before everyone gets to school like the school's <laughs> gonna be like yo dude you gotta fucking tone that shit down it's a high school howard stern <laughs> exactly <laughs> He's like, oh and the young lovers club it's so and so and so and so and brandon walsh and marianne moore here it comes <laughs> and later yeah. on we're gonna have donna and the sibian <laughs> exactly dude like after fourth period we'll be back on the air and we're talking sibian rides <laughs> uh kelly and brenda get into a bit of trouble here in uh, uh in their one class that they're allowed to go to which is chemistry class you got uh the mostel kid josh mostel again he's really like it's somebody paid for him and they're like look let him vamp dude let him vamp this is just it's not what i signed on for is this dude fucking dancing around a chemistry lab to classical music being a real fucking creep <laughs> And it's a pop quiz, and Kelly's doing a poor job of like asking for the answers. He shows, he comes up, and he's like, "Hey, look, you guys both have the same wrong answers. You try this again, you're in huge trouble." By the way, Brenda, I looked at your transcript, which was intimidating. Uh, you are now, uh, you have to go to the principal's office, the principal who is going to get replaced. And this is like the principal again saying this is one of the best schools in the country. Blah blah blah. Did he actually right. say intimidating? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm just that's my Donnie Darko joke. Oh, right, right. I should be reporting to you. <laughs> <laughs> I only went to college for eight years. Of course it's, I'm lesser than you. It's kind of crazy, though, because I guess this whole thing is like, they're, they're saying that, like, Brenda, I mean, so she's gone on, she went to dinner with this dude, mm -hmm. uh... And I th and there's like so they've been on like two dates I think pretty much. It's also September like ninth by the way. Like you know the semester barely begun. Exactly, but they they act like she's had this like crazy downward spiral, and she's like, I just haven't had time for schoolwork and blah blah. blah. And I'm like, you had two dinners. <laughs> you had two dinners with this dude. Like, how are you failing that badly? I think it's the double date that's really giving her too much pressure, man. You know what I mean? You're hanging out with all these adults. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, and, like, you fucking totally botched that black hole explanation. And she was probably <laughs> masturbating every day nonstop. So oh, yeah, she couldn't sure. do any of the homework. She does tell Jenny Garth that she's, like, dangerously obsessed with him, kind of. Because she's like... She's like, oh, well, you know, I know that uh, it's it's too soon to be in love. I just don't know what this is. And I was like, uh, yeah, you're a horny teenager. It, it's, a very, it's kind of an interesting reversal because uh, Kelly it seems like the bad girl at the start and uh, yes. of part one anyway. And then by this point, it's like, holy shit, Brenda's given everyone, a you know, like like a run for their <laughs> money. Like she's fucking crazy with this dude. Dude, you're totally right, Eric. It's like this is like the spell that Wes Beverly High casts on kids. Right, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, she was doing this shit in Minneapolis. Don't be fucking with me. Come it, well, on. Oh, that, you well, think so? Uh -huh. Well, that's the thing she says, and I think even Brandon is like, oh, man, girls aren't like this in Minneapolis. You'd think they're not giving each other hand jobs in Minneapolis right now in high school? No, their mother taught them to play hard to get with the hand jobs. <laughs> no, she has the high score on Hitachi already. Don't start with this. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, speaking of it, I watched Rushmore this weekend, and my favorite thing is the kid from fucking uh, Dennis the Menace, who just goes, they were in a car giving each other hand jacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, I forgot about that. And it's just, that's, a, that's what, it, oh, a hand jack. Oh, you're going to give me a hand jack? In the back of a bloody Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Calloway, here comes your stepfather. <laughs> Fucking laughing my ass off at of that movie. <laughs> That's a great anyway, movie, back to, man. It's a great, great movie. Uh, so um, now with the the announcement, the word is out on Brandon. Andrea, of course, is super disappointed in him. That's a running trope. She's like, I thought you were this kind of a guy, but I guess you're just another fucking pig. And, you know, he's like, oh, man. Uh, 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 and he doesn't understand. This is the, the Nightmare on Elm Street fucking scene where Marianne Moore punches him in the stomach. Oh, it was a great slug to the gut, dude. I was I was cheering for this one. 
and she's like, oh, you know, get, similarly, I thought you were so, this guy, but now you're just an, one of these other guys that are just trying to get, you know, make, you know, I'll see you at the next party, Brandon. And he's like, oh, no. It also sucks because she's like, which will probably be at my house. <laughs> it's like, just tell people they can't come over, which is the lesson Marianne Moore does learn at the end of this episode is sometimes you don't have to let 80 people into your house for no reason. Exactly, and and thank you to the fan that reminded me the and the meat puppets as well. <laughs> like, right. That's what the band was in the first episode. Oh, those were the meat puppets. Meat Apparently, puppets? yeah, I didn't. That's know. amazing. Oh. Un un uh, unconfirmed information. Message from a fan, just letting everybody know. Uh, gotcha. Uh, should we talk about the horny teachers? Yeah, I was just gonna ask about uh, that, dude. Yeah, because you know what, Chris Cabin, yep. you can't just learn Spanish. Mm -mm. You have to touch. Spanish. You gotta fuck Spanish. Is um, what you gotta do. So it seems it seems like the Spanish teacher's in trouble for submersing the students in Spanish, and the principal's like, "Well, since you fucked up that much, you're going on a date with me." <laughs> yes. <it's, laughs> well, cause she, but she starts too because she's he's like, "Listen, you know, this is not working out. We don't do that in this school." And she's like, "No, you have to touch Spanish." She grabs his hand, and puts it on her chest. She's trying to save her job by any means necessary. But again, Steve, as you already pointed out, like this this lady is brought in because the guy is like, hey, so we've noticed that the comprehension in your class is down. The kids aren't understanding what you're saying because you're doing this fully immersive thing, blah, blah, blah. But as Steve pointed out, it's fucking just after Labor Day. <laughs> what are we? We're getting ready to fucking fire this lady. It's not even, you know, a midterm. I yet. think he thought this was a good way to get a date going in. I, yeah. I, I oh fuck! If you remember, in the first part, he is watching from afar as she does a little dance on her own, and you know, yeah. The minute that yep, was over, yep. he took a stroll to the bathroom, went in the stall, and had a little, you know, hello, Charlie. <laughs> And to, if you uh, want to, if you want to keep your job, uh, yeah, you're gonna, that's going to be a date. <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, whiteboard in Darren Starr's room when he's creating this show, it was like Brandon Inventor question mark, sexy teachers question mark, and then fucking Aaron Spelling went cross out bad boy in big letters. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, that's going on. Um, also, Steve, we find we finished the Steve and David scenario. My favorite part about this whole fucking pilot is not only it's somebody was like, "All right, when Scott's Lakers cap isn't on screen, someone needs to explain where it is." I cannot believe this Lakers hat was a fucking plot point for the end of this pilot. Because it's like, oh, oh man, David, I think you left my Lakers cap in Steve Sanders' car. Oh no. And I'm like, who gives a shit about your Lakers cap? Well, because his fucking name is on it, dude. Well, that's oh, he's a loser for fucking putting his name <laughs> in his hat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. Yep. Yep. It's, yep. it's a fucking $20 hat, kid. You'll get it back. Give it up. Just come on. <laughs> so they're trying to break into it. I think this is in the Spanish class when Andrea confronts Brandon. Uh, Steve runs out. He's like, I got the guy. Dude, there is a hilarious thing here because they're like, they fucking break into his car. Uh, David's got like a sheet of metal that he jimmies the fucking door open with. And the car alarm goes off, and so Steve gets some like little remote thing, and you know, letting him know that this happens. And he stands up in the classroom and just goes busted <laughs> and runs out of the room. Now, I think that's what I would be bringing the Spanish teacher into my office as a principal for. So people are just yelling "busted" and leaving your class <laughs> at will, and people are getting flowers delivered. What is going on? Here? Well, I mean, this is—I think this is a Southern California at this particular time. Because remember, in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, doesn't um, uh... oh Spicoli gets a pizza yes. delivered? <laughs> Mr. Hand takes that pizza and gives it to everybody else, though. And then, yeah. and then what happens next, Chris? He gets fucked by a horse. Yes, that's true. He goes outside and he videotapes himself having sex with a horse. Dude, now I am just picturing old surly Ray Walston getting fucked by a huge horse. I, well, did you bring money. enough horse cock for everyone in the class? <laughs> now, you know what? I'm going to explain what's going on here because we might have some normies here. We're doing a Beverly Hills 90210 recap uh -huh. show. Correct. We're talking about the film Zoo from, I believe, 2007, a documentary in which it got uh, about a real man who's online handle was Mr. Hand was fucked to death by a horse which is and Correct. it's also Chris Cabot's favorite movie. It is yes. a great movie. 
It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, um, and Chris, yeah, I, I would love the idea of Mr. of Ray Walston getting fucked by the horse. <laughs> documentary, by the way. I don't know if we said that. It is oh, yeah, not it is. a narrative film. That is a documentary. Right, that came out in 2007, and Chris Cabin has been mentioning it daily ever since. It's, it's <laughs> insane, man. I call you every day, even in quarantine. Yeah. These these fucking <laughs> Zoo messages I get at like three o'clock in the morning. Like, hey Steve, just thinking again about Zoo. It I was, just gotta delete those texts. It was insane, dude. Cabin texted me at six thirty this morning. It was like, dude, you thinking about Zoo? And I was like, who's texting me in the middle of the night? <laughs> Look, somebody had to share my fiftieth rewatch with me. Okay. <laughs> and all your, tw- your tweets party. End, end with hashtag Barnyard. <laughs> hashtag Save Zoo. Uh, hashtag zoo two question mark. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so that's sort of the and like you know David and Steve kind of come to terms here. You know he's like, oh, you're such a geek. He's like, hey man, I can get your car replaced and I can fix your car for cheaper and you'll make some money on the deal. Also, I blew out your speakers. And he's like, I can't believe you're such a geek. And that's kind of the end of it. Um, it's kind of a funny, yeah, sure. I'm, I, you know. From from you know the episode of Beverly or uh, from Melrose Place that we talked about earlier this week uh, or last week rather um, you know in the by the third season they're clearly buds and everything so it's nice to see like the the budding friendship right here of David and Steve I think they also have good chemistry the two actors they do. definitely do yeah. yeah and Brian Austin Green I didn't really realize because I don't I, you know. I never really watched this, and I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But like, he's a funny guy. Like, he's a funny actor. Yeah. And Ian Ziering is also, you know, doing some good comedy here. As Steve, you're being mad about the car and everything. So it all kind of nicely I, worked out. I like. Sounds like someone's falling in love with this show, and I'm really excited. <laughs> I like the the dose of criminality. They're gonna scam someone to get a profit off of it. Uh, it's not someone, dude. He's telling Steve Sanders how he can commit insurance. For Jesus <laughs> Steve, it's Uncle Bernie again. What are you doing? First of all, get rid of the Corvette. Now you're going to scam some poor mechanic who probably doesn't even have health insurance. Ah, go tax a corporation, you old fuck. There's... I will tax the corporation, Steve. Put your mother on the phone. No. <laughs> if I find out that my nephew is a fucking thief. Car insurance for all. That's it. <laughs> Corvettes, yes, I understand Corvettes who will also get the benefit, but also Honda Accords will get the benefit as well. Think of the Civics. (laughs) The lonely Ford Focus on the highway. Always you with the fucking focuses. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, you're all my vet this and my vet that. How about my Corolla? Does anybody remember that ad campaign for a sensible sedan? My Corolla. Uh, so that's sort of that's the end of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Brand, uh, we'll do the Brandon one too. He kind of goes on the stupid radio show, Flash and, the Cash, and he puts to death the rumor that he had sex with Marianne Moore. He's like, no, uh, you know, we we didn't do that, but we 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 have an understanding that's even better than you could even imagine. And Flash is like, get the fuck off my radio station. I love the dude who's like uh, maybe like the producer or something, one of the engineers, because this is, of course, a fully functioning radio station. Sure. Uh, the dude is like disgusted that it's not a juicy guest spot. And he's like he's like behind Brandon, like gagging, like put, he's putting his finger in his mouth like the story's fucking terrible. Yeah, John the joke man uh, Martling there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then Marianne basically is like, hey, I heard what you said. Thanks for that. By the way, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe we'll be friends some other time. Kind of leaving that door open. She never comes back. There no. is the the creepiest part. It's a, such a Brandon Walsh move where he's like, Andrea's mad at me. I better follow her home. I cannot <laughs> believe this, dude. And it's like she gets on a bus and right away he's like kind of disgusted. Even though... <laughs> Even though he's not like a super rich guy either, but he's like public transportation. It's awesome. And she does. She gets on the bus though, like, and like it's kind of a secret. It's like her dark secret that's coming up here. Like, if that's the case, like walk four blocks and then take the bus. Don't take the one across the street from school. That's a good point. Yeah, totally, dude. You got to walk a few stops down the street. Also, the way that this episode telegraphs. Uh, that she is going to a quote-unquote bad place or whatever. The first thing you see, she's on this bus, 
and there are Spanish speaking people helping her uh like do her Spanish homework and you're like, "Oh, does everybody get it? Look at this girl. She's you know, she's sitting on a seat with a bunch of Spanish speaking people." Uh so he he shows up and she reveals her deep dark secret, which is she's not rich at all. She can't she doesn't even live in Beverly Hills. She lives on the other side of town and she only goes there cuz it's one of the best schools in the country. And, you know, she gets mail at her grandmother's house. She's going to be a character at some point. Nobody Ooh, needs to talk about it. I'm excited. Oh, I, I didn't know wait. this. I did not know this. <laughs> There's okay, a granny? I'm sure this, the granny, yes. I'm sure this is wrong. But the way that she's, like, telling Brandon, like, listen, my grandmother has a rent-controlled apartment in Beverly Hills. That's where I get my mail. I immediately pictured the old lady uh, who's Kramer's neighbor when he moves <laughs> to L.A. And says, I did a shot with the Stooges once. <laughs> You wish, man. Is she is Granny like a washed out actor? No, no, she's that? just an older Jewish lady that's is like she very getting, sweet. Is she getting shagged all up and down Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard or what, man? Not to my <laughs> knowledge. Uh, so that's the story. And he's like, hey, I'll keep your secret. She's like, wow, you are an amazing guy. He's like, yeah, I kind of am. And they like kind of go in her house. Her in the most devastating line in this episode, dude, it is from Andrea. She like they have it out or whatever, and he, Brandon promises he's like, "Look, I'm not gonna, you know, rat you out or anything. Your secret's safe with me." And they shake hands, and then she realizes like that he's well, he's already there, kind of a thing. And she goes, "It's nice to finally bring a ha- a friend home from school." Oh my god, dude, that gutted me. I was like, this poor forty year old girl. <laughs> hello, Andrea. It's your grandmother. I'm just visiting. Oh, oh, hello. Uh- is this another not boyfriend? You know, I've got four waiting for me. Wait, so you just told him where to go on a date. Andrea, my sweet, never do that. Oh, whiff again. <laughs> Swing and a miss, granddaughter. And now we will commence the hand job class. <laughs> this is how you do it. Now you want to make him wait for it, you see. (laughs) Let him start, then you go. (laughs) Help him. (laughs) Listen, he's going to get himself started a lot faster than you will, so you let him start, then you jump on it. Andrea, help him, dear. (laughs) Jump on it. I would help, but my hip and all. So the end of this episode is Brenda and her bu- boyfriend there. Um, he finally invites her out. I think um, Kelly is like, you have if you're, you know, oh, that's right. He's like inviting her, and because he's going moving really fast, he's like, you know, we need to go away for the weekend, this that, and the other thing. Kelly's like, you got to come clean with this guy. So they're at this fucking. The, they're at the same, I believe. The museum uh, from the original 1989 Batman, where Kim Basinger is attacked. Is that right? No, no. It just looks. It's this insane oh, oh, oh. fucking structure, wherein this. Uh, it's a. It's a, the fanciest restaurant in town. The the waiters have bow tie, polka dotted vests. It's all all sorts of nineties horse shit. <laughs> and the, she finally comes clean to the guy, and she's like, "Look, um, can I tell you anything?" And he's like, "Of course, baby." And she's like, "Okay, I'm 16." And like, here's the thing: if you're on a date. And you've already like kind of do- he's done stuff with her. He's not not had sex or anything like that, you know. But like stuff has happened, and that person tells you that they're sixteen. I am reacting like there is a bomb in the car. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, oh okay, uh huh, uh huh. And you'll you know what he very slowly. We're, we're just- gonna keep the car running, and we're just gonna park very slowly. Nobody make a noise. He should just break her neck, dude. Just go drive out to the desert and bury her. Diffuse, but no, he starts being like the waiter's like, "Is there a problem, sir?" He's like, "Why don't you check her ID?" Last thing I'm asking anyone in this restaurant to do, by the way. Yeah, that's that's a shitty thing. I love that the waiter just immediately exits. He's just like, "Yikes! (laughs) I'll let this play out without me." (laughs) Oh, you know what? Yeah, I thought we'd just hang at my house this weekend, but you know what we should do? We should go to Palm Springs, out in the desert. All alone. No, no, no. All the uh, cool older guys also dig their own graves. <laughs> so, I mean, no, no. Keep shoveling. You're doing great. Oh, we, I love you, Brenda. Keep shoveling. The insane, the insane thing that I, this guy says. I mean, the thing about checking her ID is really fucking rude and shitty. But the insane thing insane. that makes no sense is he goes, oh, yeah? Brenda, you think this is funny? Well, what are you going to do when I sue your parents? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Brenda, I, I took you all the way out to a dinner at Dorcia. <laughs> like, you can't sue the bank you're robbing. You're the criminal here, my friend. <laughs> I mean, but he didn't know. He met her in a 21-plus club. Sure, you know? sure. And it's kind of it's kind of crazy, though, because even, Ke- like, it's funny, Kelly's little arc in all of this, because she's, like, so into this idea that, you know, Brenda's dating an older guy and he's a lawyer. Uh, there's a brief scene that we didn't touch on where they're, like, calling his office so so or his apartment so yes. all the girls can hear his voice on the answering machine tape. By the way, uh, Tori Spelling wearing a shitty, I believe, Godzilla T-shirt. Nice. Which was an odd choice for Tori Spelling. <laughs> uh, but, like, so she's, like, having it all. But then when Brenda's like, yeah, I think I'm going to fuck this guy, she's like, now hold on a second. Because it's about to become really super illegal, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fun and games are over. Yes, right? that's true. You could just imagine fucking uh, uh, Brenda's father on the phone to his lawyer. Yeah, Jack, I don't, I don't know. The guy's suing me because he fingered my daughter. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I can't explain it to you. He's cleaning me out because he fingered my daughter. I have to go to debtor's prison because this guy, you know. James yeah, no. James Eckhouse is like somehow I'm paying fifty thousand dollars a finger here. <laughs> oh, that's awful! Another fucking shitty ass line right after he threatens to sue the parents as he, uh, they're in the car and he goes, "Was it fun playing grown up?" Yeah, yeah you're twenty five. You're playing grown up. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like devastated. She goes into her, her, and he's like, "Oh wait, you're crying." It's like, "Yeah, dude, you've been berating this sixteen-year-old girl <laughs> for twenty minutes, threatening her with legal action." Totally, this whole thing was just a huge misunderstanding. It was a big mistake. It got out of hand. Sure, she came clean before you fucking did anything to incriminate yourself. Just get out of there as quickly as possible and go on your lawyery way with your fucking wall of seltzer and your weird apartment. Again, a bomb in the car. I'm just like, okay, okay, oh god. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, it's fine. Hey, uh, you know, let's just, we're going to go home right now. You're a super gal. I'm a little too old for you. Uh, I'll call you next week, and then you move town. Yep, dodged that bullet, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, we get some Cindy Walsh here. She comforts Brenda. It's a nice little scene, you know. Yeah, I, I, no, it actually, it wasn't It wasn't too bad. And then James Eckhouse comes in like, hey, did I miss anything? And they're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go take a dump. See you later, everybody. <laughs> and that's yep, me for the pilot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, they I mean, do, Br- Brenda or, and Brandon have a little, you know, like makeup because they kind of have like a little uh, yeah. argument sort of in the middle of the episode. And it's a weird, they're, and again, this is, it's odd, but they're twins, so you never know. You know, he's like, uh, Brenda, did you? Uh-huh. And she's like, I don't know, Brandon, did you? And I'm like, you know what, everybody, just go to bed. <laughs> Good idea. And, and you know what, this connecting bathroom is over with. Absolutely. You know what, Dylan is on his way. He's going to be here tomorrow. Just go to bed. Oh, no, uh, Dylan Walsh is coming? <laughs> oh, dude, I, dude, they should have brought Dylan Walsh in on this show Definitely. as Uncle Dylan. I'm shocked he's not in this show. I would think he'd be prime fucking target. Or JT Walsh. Get him in there, too, dude. Oh, yes. absolutely. He was still with us at this yeah. point. He plays a wayward truck driver that's hanging outside the school. <laughs> no, oh, he could be Bob. Oh, man. Him, oh, him as Bob. Yes. Or get some M. Emmett Walsh in there. Yes. <laughs> He's a guy that Brenda's dating next episode. <laughs> dude, oh, it was hey, insane. Brenda. <laughs> oh, look at me. Trolling around West Beverly High. <laughs> Why don't you ask for an ID, waiter? <laughs> I'm going to sue your parents. Actually, no, I'm going to uh, kill your parents. <laughs> Give them the old blood shampoo. Dude, I watched an episode of Frasier a few days ago where M. Emmett Walsh guest stars as Martin's co-worker. And it's from, like, fucking 20 years ago. And M. Emmett Walsh then looks like he's 105 years old. He passed, didn't he, or did he not? No, he's still, still alive. alive. He just... He, what was he just in recently, Kevin? He was just in a movie for like he two was. seconds. Oh, fuck, you're going to kill me with this. Oh, you know what he's in? Uh, not a movie, but he's in The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, oh, right. oh that's right. That's where I saw him. Yes. Yeah. And he's pretty good in it, too. I mean, he's the American Buddha. He'll be around for forever. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I so. hope so. Knock on wood. Uh, I shouldn't I'm your on. new chemistry teacher. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do all sorts of science experiments. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, Brenda, I prefer blonde, so I'm going to go after Kelly for a little while. Oh, hey there, Kelly's mom. You also look like a train wreck. Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, 21. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm a young stud here just out of UCLA. Sorry, Andrea. Looking a little old for my taste. I go to film school, don't you know? All right, that's enough of this episode. No, um, it is enough. It is I mean, actually there's, quite there's enough. Nothing, there's nothing yeah, left. There that, is nothing no one left. Is listening. Uh, no. Uh, so yeah, next week we're going to be actually uh, join us next uh, this Thursday for the second episode of Melrose Place, uh, which we're super excited about. Thank you all for listening in here. We don't really do wrap ups or anything, right? We just kind of nah, fucking. End we it. just, you know what, Steve? We just had yes. a little fun here today. <laughs> that's all we did. I uh, say yeah. Quickly, that this episode in particular, it was just like for some reason, I guess because of all the craziness in the world, it was washing over me like a nice warm bath. It is. So, it's a yeah. very, if you're it's de- very quaint and simple. It's comforting. Exactly. And if you're debating about watching it along, I highly recommend it. And I've never seen these shows before this. So there you have it. That's an Eric Siska recommendation. I got, I'm going to get everyone fall in love with this show. Over and my then eventually body. me. Well, Chris, you hate it? I mean, I'm 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 not enjoying myself now. <laughs> Come God, on! God damn it, Kevin! Well, the episode's yeah. about to end, Chris. You can go back to watching Zoo. Yes, <laughs> fifty-one, baby. Uh, yeah, you like, know what? If if uh, if uh, Jenny Garth was fucked by a horse in one of these episodes, you'd give <laughs> a shit, Kevin. Oh man, it's that and like uh, what episode eight from. Uh, uh, Things Peaks. sure do move fast here at West Beverly High. <laughs> Kelly was fucked by a horse. She pretended to be a horse, and the horse was very upset. It's like, did you have fun? Did you did you have fun pretending to be a horse? Huh? There's... Maybe you should check her ID. Look, I, I know I'm going to sue your parents. Look, I know that Ian Ziering has a weird face, but that's awfully, you know, not nice of you to say. Lord, Chris. <laughs> James Eckhouse is like, uh, honey, we're getting sued by a horse? Is this why you didn't finish your hay? <laughs> Now that nobody's listening, tomorrow on the show, <laughs> we're, we're finishing Listener Quantum on Strong with The Commuter, oh, fuck, uh, yeah. which is going to be super excited. The Liam Neeson joint uh, on Thursday, we're coming back with uh, Melrose Place Episode 2. We're trying to keep you guys company as much as we can because we're as bored as you are. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Remain indoors. I have been Steven Sadak. Andrew G. Eric Siska. Chris Gavin. Take it easy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.